Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and once again this week, I'm joined by Alex Moreland and Stephen Ross, our resident TV critics, who will keep you right on the road to viewing heaven. Uh, Each week, we'll be chatting about what we're watching, as well as looking more closely at a new program or something making the headlines in the deep dive, as well as going back to the future to tell you about a program you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. Hi, Alex and Stephen. We're all settling back into real life now, unfortunately. Uh, What's been on your screens this week? Stephen, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, well, I've started watching um, People Just Do Nothing, the um, sort of sitcom on uh, on Netflix. Really, really funny. It was recommended me to me by a friend um, a few months ago, and I finally got around to watching it. Uh, and yeah, uh, it, it's sort of like a... I mean, it's not supposed to be, but it's sort of like a spoof of um, Top Boy. I don't know if you've seen Top Boy. It's like a gritty drama about these sort of mm-hmm. gangsters on this London estate. And this is about these like wannabe gangsters on this London estate who run a pirate radio station called Corrupt FM. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a bit a bit of one of those sort of shows where they don't really do anything and they're just pissing around trying to um, get the radio show out and deal with their um, really sort of small problems that as they try to solve them, they just make so much worse um and it, yeah it's it's really really funny series there's there's five seasons of it so i've, I've sort of binged through the first four now i think mm-hmm. and so far the quality's actually held up throughout it's not really dipped off yet although i do think probably season one was was still the best mm-hmm. but it's it's really really good yeah is it is it still on or is it like finished no, so they it it finished in sort of around twenty twenty eighteen mm. maybe, or maybe it finished more recently than that. But then they they put a film out, oh, um, okay. which I haven't seen and which hasn't had great write ups. Okay, I can't imagine it that it would work in that format. It's it, the film is big in Japan. Is that's what it's called? I don't know if the film is big in Japan. Okay. <laughs> Basically, they then go off to Japan and, and do some sets there. Uh, but I've, I've, obviously, once I've finished the series, I'll decide whether I actually want to watch the film or not. I wonder if... I know Corrupt FM are a music act as well. Is that just some of the guys from this that now have carried on as Corrupt FM? Yeah. They play think, festivals think, and stuff like that. I think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. So. Okay, cool, interesting. Anything else? Um, well, it's it's not really TV related, and it's not really current, <laughs> it, unless you sort of count the from the conversation we had the other week about the sight and sound top. Oh yes, yeah. Film list. The the really good local independent cinema near me is sort of showing some of the oh. top films from that. So I saw uh, Citizen Kane, and oh, I cool. saw Rashomon um, at the Flicks, and I mean Rashomon was. I don't know if you know Rashomon. It's a Japanese film from 1950, basically looking at this murder from like five different perspectives, and it's sort of all about like what is truth, and mm-hmm. you know, that's that's not how I remember it. It's a bit philosophical. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. <laughs> and I, I really wanted to like it because obviously it was very intellectual, and it was okay. But it was even though it was about an hour and a half long, I was sort of like, God, when is this going to end oh really so i don't really like that format of just like oh and here we Seeing go again. the same thing in a different but, format yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 
It probably hadn't been done before then, though, when you think about it. Like, it was probably a very... Yeah, I think this is the thing. You have to sort of go into it and think it's not a cliche at this point. It's actually quite pioneering, but it was still a bit. And then Citizen Kane, I'd I'd seen before and loved. And this was the first time I'd seen it at the cinema. And, yeah, it was fantastic again. It's great to get that opportunity to go to your independent film house and watch uh, great old films on the big screen, isn't it? And uh, long may that last. It was genuinely part of the reason... Part of the reason behind me moving to different cities was like, well, does it have a decent independent <laughs> cinema? There's a um, there's a lot of drama going on in Edinburgh at the moment because the Film House, which is our sort of local independent cinema, one of them got closed down at the end of last year and there's people trying to take it over and bids have been rejected and all sorts of things. And I'm like, can you just sort this out and get the cinema open again, please? Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a shame. They, do, they probably in most cases often need a lot of support and stuff because they're not showing the blockbusters and all that, and they don't charge like 18 quid for a ticket or whatever. But anyway, no, that's cool. That's nice. And a nice thing to do in January, I think, isn't it? Go out and see some good quality old films. Yeah. What about you, Alex? What have you been watching? So I watched The Rig recently, which is this, uh, I guess, sort of a supernatural thriller um, on, yes. on Amazon Prime. It's set on an oil rig Um sort of quite an isolated, quite a remote oil rig. And they have been drilling down into the ocean and they mm-hmm. unleash something, something very mysterious that I guess essentially drives them mad um, when when they're on the oil rig. So it gets quite paranoid, quite claustrophobic. It's very good at that kind of, you know, mystery and intrigue, very evocative. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed that a lot. As it goes along, it it kind of loses some of the intrigue because it's sort of explaining what's going on. But um, I still enjoyed it a lot, still quite engaging. Um, And it stars Mm -hmm. pretty much every sort of acclaimed Scottish actor uh, currently working. So that was was pretty good. I enjoyed that a lot, Mm -hmm. would recommend. I'm in the middle of it, actually. And, yeah, it's kind of Mm. different, actually. It is a bit different. Um, I'm not totally blown away by it. I don't know why. I I have a very, um, I have a huge problem with things being too long, too many episodes long at the moment. I'm like, that could be just like four episodes. There's six or seven episodes in it, I think. six. And it's like... Whereabouts in it are you? I think I'm in episode four or five. And I'm like, yeah, they're stretching this out a bit here now. We could make this a little bit, you know. It does. Yeah. Yeah, drag a little bit, I think, around that episode four, episode five mark. And and I thought, I don't know what you thought, but in the first few episodes, there's this like fog descends on the oil rig. And I'm like, oh, how clever. They don't need to worry about any sea shots or whatever, you know. But actually, that's lifted now and there is some cool sea shots and it does look quite real, which um, I don't know how they managed it. But, um, well, not that I know what it's like on an oil rig, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And as you say, yeah, some... Quite a stellar Scottish uh, lineup, so um, yeah, it's, it's it's worth a watch, definitely, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. it's um, it's kind of like the the set is like a blend of um, they they built most of the oil rig and they okay. had a lot of like sort of practical water, like real water that they were throwing at them. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, sort of bits of blue screen as well. Uh, but yeah, I thought it looked quite effective. I believe uh, one of the actors became near hypothermic shooting one of the uh, water shots. Oh, yeah? yeah, I could believe um, that. Another person was set on fire, but that that was intentional. Yeah, yeah it was that Martin Comston. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it, 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 they yeah they've done it. It's very believable, actually. Yeah, you know, and it, it maybe might not have been. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, they must have had a fairly decent budget for it. Um, but yeah, well worth a watch. What else? What else have you been watching, Alex? Um, the other one I've been watching is it's a comedy called Sex Lives of College Girls, which is mm. self-explanatory. Sounds intriguing. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's from Mindy Kaling, and it's you know you know it is essentially what it says on the tin. But it's <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun. It's quite funny. I enjoyed it. Um, there's a sort of, not not distracting, but like unintentionally funny in that um, it's quite a pop culture aware show and the, the sort of the characters all make lots of references to okay you know what's going on in the world but it stars timothy chalamet's sister oh and um i feel like if those characters were in the real world they would definitely be referencing him <laughs> yeah. particularly with um one one plot line in series two which which i will not uh reveal but I okay think if you've seen it you'd know what i mean uh where they would definitely be talking about him a lot Okay. For obvious reasons, uh, oh, which just okay. sort of amused me. But okay. yeah, that, that's a lot of fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Is that going to? Do you think it's going to date badly then? Because it's all very current references um, and stuff. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think it, it sort of like it places it, um, and it's, mm. it's definitely like noticeable when, like in the first series, they're talking about Beta O'Rourke or whatever. But mm. I don't know. It, it, yeah, that, that it doesn't bother me. It's, yeah, and it's where all that fun. where did you watch that? Uh, I watched that on ITVX, oh. which which I'm I'm quite liking at the minute as oh. as a uh, alternative to sort of all four, um, mainly because and and maybe I shouldn't reveal this, but it doesn't notice that I've got an ad block on, so um, oh. it's, it's completely uninterrupted viewing. Oh. Uh, mm. Yeah. You did not hear that here, people. No, you did uh, not. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, um, I was watching The Rig this week. I finished Stonehouse, which I thought was all right. Um, yeah. I'm I am marching on with White Lotus, uh, like at one episode a week. So I'm kind of behind the curve, but um, it did win a Golden Globe last night, so that's good. I mean, I'm enjoying it. And I watched the first episode of Spectre, which is a new documentary on Sky about Phil Spectre. I mean, yet again, though, is one of those. Um, it's like. F- four or five episodes long and I was like oh god why can't a documentary just be like two episodes (laughs) but I really enjoyed the first episode it was kind of about his childhood and Phil Spector music producer who murdered a woman in sort of the late 2010s and it kind of went back to the start of his life and talked about his childhood and when he first became a producer and stuff and it's very insightful into his sort of um, eccentricities and um, basically he was a bit of a misogynist as well and just kind of builds a picture around the men. So yeah, I was enjoying it. And lots of actual like really um, famous faces and people that were in the bands that he produced and things like that. So good access as well. So um, yeah, I'll fill you in on that when I once I finish it uh, with a full full review. So um, I caught about 10 minutes of Harry's interview. Did either of you watch it? No. <laughs> Zero interest here. Yeah, more. I, I would read a tweet about it. 
So that's kind of where I, <laughs> I cap out. If, as long as it's yeah, still the sort of 240 characters, not the long-form yeah. tweets that Musk's rolling out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I was just kind of interested to see what the dynamic was between him and the reporter. And um, it felt quite open. It felt like he was being honest, I thought. Um, yeah, we, we won't get into it. Obviously, people, I think, who have an interest in that have probably watched it already. So um, and will have formed their own opinions. Um, OK, cool. So moving along to part two, Alex, you're going to talk to us today in the deep dive about The Last of Us. Tell us more. OK, um, so The Last of Us is, is a new sort of HBO drama. Uh, it is starting this weekend, uh, Sunday 15th or Monday 16th in the very early hours of the morning uh, mm-hmm. for us for us over here. Um, it is. It, it looks set to be a fairly big show for them. They've clearly put a lot of resources in it. They're mm-hmm. kind of positioning it as a sort sort of a Game of Thrones level show for them, I guess potentially. Okay. Um, it is sort of a like a post apocalyptic travelogue kind of thing. Uh, the story starts in two thousand and three with the spread of a sort of a parasitic fungus. It's um, it's a real it's a real life fungus. It's um, they've they've done Attenborough documentaries about it. Mm. Uh, but the idea is, what if this fungus has evolved slightly and attacks humans, and then essentially turns them into sort of the, these very, very creepy, very gross mushroom zombies. That's mm. sort of the idea. Mm. We jump 20 years on um, and we meet Joel, who is, is Pedro Pascal from from Game of Thrones, from The Mandalorian, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is he, he's not a very nice guy. It hasn't been a very nice world to live in and that has made him into not very nice guy. He's um, sort of still grieving for for kind of losses from early in the early in the apocalypse um and he is asked to uh transport this this girl this teenage girl ellie who's played by bella ramsey and they were also in game of thrones they were the um uh sort of the little girl lyanna mormont um Mm. and he's asked to transport her across the country because they believe that she might somehow hold the key to a vaccine or a cure Mm -hmm. because she's seemingly sort of immune to these mushroom bites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that is, that's the basic kind of premise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good. It's, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's very kind of effectively done horror stuff, uh, you know, with, with your mushroom zombies, uh, but it's also quite well, quite well written like character drama in terms mm. of sort of the bond between the two of them, how that changes as they make their journey. And I guess it, it, it's a lot about like, what it means to sort of to take care of someone in that world mm. and what it means to try and find a reason to keep going in that sort of post-apocalyptic world. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mm. More have you, have you watched it all? Yeah, yeah, unusually, actually. They sent over all nine episodes. Um, right. The, I think it takes a little while to get going. No, not, not that it's bad, but I guess just in the first couple it feels a little like kind of you know all of this zombie stuff you know you've seen it with zombies Mm. you've seen it with 
it, it, things like the road, it's quite reminiscent. Of the, That's the actually road. what I was just about mm. to say. It sounds yeah. like the road. Yeah, Paul yeah. McCarthy one. Mm. But but as it goes along, um, it becomes sort yeah a bit more distinct, a bit more its own thing. Um, mm. Third episode is a sort of kind of standalone thing with Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett from The White Lotus, uh, and that's really good. And then the finale, not to not to talk too much about something that's on in March, but that was I was really impressed by that. Um, okay, I think that's kind of potentially one of the, like it's it's on my already started shortlist for best episodes of the year. Oh, okay, cool. Bella, Bella Ramsey is is fantastic in it. That's um, so, shortlist for best performance of the year. So we should have a few more categories in our end of year review yeah, this year I, I that everybody should, should be um, get uh, focusing on and yeah. making a note of. Now it's best single episode yeah. and best performance. We'll yeah. do some of the main performances. Okay, cool. That sounds um, interesting. Do you think it's a one and done or are they, is there a capacity for another series or what do you think? Well, it's, it's a, yeah, I was just thinking about something, but I thought maybe that's t- tipping my hand too much in terms of uh, what's going on in March. But um, it's it's actually based on a, a video game, which is a fairly famous one. Um, mm. It's not it's not my area of expertise. I don't know anything about that sort of thing. My mm. video game knowledge starts at Binweevils, ends at chess.com, No further in the alphabet. <laughs> um, but it's so yeah. The the game itself has big fan base and and sequels mm-hmm. and. My understanding is that there is potential to continue it at least for a little while longer. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Sounds slightly different to what we've been watching recently. And, you know, there's always that sort of uh, almost sort of fantasy slash horror slash gruesome. We don't have much of that going on at the moment. <laughs> um so we might give that a look. So it's starting this weekend on Sky. Yeah, Sky. Um, 2 a.m. Monday morning if you're, you know, staying up. Dedicated. And then yeah. 9 o'clock repeat and on demand on Now TV. Super duper. Okay, cool. Uh, Stephen, over to you. Back to the future. This week we are talking about yeah. Hunters. Yes, I uh, I've watched I watched Hunters specifically for for this because I know I know the new season's coming out as well mm. um, this month, so I thought it would be a good one to revisit. Mm-hmm. And it's really up my street, like in terms of premise and everything. It's about a bunch of Nazi hunters in the 1970s, many of whom were in um, the camps and the ghettos during the Second World War, during the Holocaust, and their survivors and they're basically out for revenge. Mm -hmm. And I didn't watch it when it first came out because shortly, like it got panned by critics. It just seemed um, to fall Sorry, is it like a black comedy type thing or is it uh, just a drama? It's a black comedy. Yeah, Yeah. so it it is really darkly comic in places. Yeah. And then there are moments where it's just really, really like emotional and difficult to watch. Okay. But um, yeah, I didn't watch it at first because it got, panned mm. um, and I thought well okay I'm not going to waste because there's there's 11 episodes in the series about 40 minutes to an hour long each and I thought I'm not going to waste my time with it if mm. it's if it's not very good mm. and then as I was watching it for this I thought this is really really good mm. um, how did this get overlooked can't trust critics and then I watched the last yeah. episode yesterday <laughs> yeah and the season finale was a shame I guess mm. is the best way to put it um, 
some people might really like it. Most people didn't. Okay. I fall into that camp. I, I don't necessarily think it it should put you off watching the series, mm. although I know it does when people say the series finale was crap. But Leaves a bad taste um, in the mouth, yeah. But maybe it'll redeem itself in series really two now. They really the shark. Oh, no, it really? It was almost... Almost sort of offensive in in how it it fell, and it just got a bit too far fetched, which has sort of put me off the second season a bit. But I'm going to give it a go. Okay. But um, yeah, there's there's a sort of a few few things I wanted to speak about about it. Obviously, it's got a great cast. It's got Al Pacino in, which you don't get every day. So he stars as uh, Mayor Offerman, the leader of the the Nazi hunters. And then Logan Lerman is this new kid that's um, in the first episode. His grandmother is is killed, and then through that, at the funeral, he's introduced to Maya, who he sort of finds out is is in some way sort of related to him and his grandmother. And then he joins the rest of the 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 gang, and it's it's a really interesting series because it sort of it was so controversial. Well, I say so controversial. It was quite controversial when it came out because. It's obviously a bit um, Tarantino-esque and a, a, a bit like Inglorious Bastards. It's not a historical drama. It's mm. it's like a parallel history. Yeah, and it was sort of accused of like exploiting the sort of horrors of the Holocaust for entertainment. Okay, and uh, apparently there was a scene in the first season where there's like a, a game of human chess in Auschwitz, where the Ugh. guards make the the um, Jewish prisoners play chess against each other, and as they take the pieces they the pieces get killed um which i was reading about but i didn't see it in in the show so it looks like it's amazon's actually taken okay that scene out because mm. that scene was getting a lot of um flack for sort of making up atrocities when basically people were saying there's it was plenty, already horrible enough you don't yeah need to plenty of real atrocities okay sort yeah. of like almost fetishizing it yeah um but i don't i don't really think that's what it was doing i think it was it was a really cathartic series, um, and the guy that that wrote it, um, what's his name, is Daniel Vile, and he he sort of grew up hearing stories of the Holocaust from his grandparents who were uh, sort of uh, lived through it, mm. um, and I think he sort of wrote it as a tribute to the people that didn't get justice, and it's a sort of like cathartic experience because it's imagining the sort of justice being visited upon sort of the the yeah. Nazis that have escaped to America after the war. Mm-hmm. And the the violence is very sort of Tarantino, very over the top, very cathartic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something that does get a bit tired is Logan Lerman's character is uh, he wants to join the hunters and then he sort of becomes disillusioned by sort of their over the top violence and sort of torture of these guys. And then he goes, oh, actually, you know what? I, I understand it now and I do want to get back involved. And then he, once again, doesn't think he wants to kill people. And he sort of flip-flops a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess he does go on quite a a journey, his character through the series. Mm-hmm. And, and just in terms of like, I really enjoy the sort of 1970s stylization and, and setting. Mm-hmm. And it's got elements of like um, black exploitation, you know, like Black Klansman sort of. yes. Um, style and as I say, a lot of a lot of Tarantino sort of inspiration seems to be in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's not really based on a true story. But I think it's sort of inspired by this guy called Simon Weisenthal. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a book which I have read, which is really good, called Justice Not Vengeance. And Simon Weisenthal was a survivor of the camps who spent his life 
um, tracking down former Nazis that got into hiding and basically bringing them to court. Um, and in this series, obviously, they track down ex-Nazis and then torture and kill them. So it's a bit bit of a different ending. Okay. But it, you know, is more entertaining, I guess you'd argue. And you watched on Amazon Prime and the next series is coming up when? Amazon Prime, next series. I'll, I'll, I'll sort of talk about briefly in the preview, but the next season is coming on the 13th of January. Okay. Uh, there's 11 episodes in the first series. So there's going to be eight episodes in the second season. Okay. Cool. That sounds like something worth a watch as well. And maybe like, maybe you'll watch one episode and decide it's not for you, but um, something slightly different as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, that's more or less all from us today. Thanks for joining us. Do look out for Friday morning's Screen Babble Weekend Watch, which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. Stephen will be giving us all his recommendations in a five minute podcast. And no doubt... Uh, talking at length about Love Island which is coming back next week isn't that right Stephen what are your faves yeah absolutely Uh, if you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get in our lives drop us a line via our social media you'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and you'll find lots of lols on there as well I have to say I mean it's just the best account I'm trying my best Uh, (laughs) Alex putting great effort into that Uh, and we're on other platforms as National World we'd love for you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible we'll be back again next week with more Screen Babble thanks everybody Bye. bye bye